Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. All right, and welcome back to Drop Your Buffs for episode three. I am Hannah Fleming, and I am here with my co-star, the super-duper fan, Dion Alexander, the puzzle master and fan favorite of Survival Challenge 2018. You may have seen him on stage doing improv or musical theater. You may have seen him on screen doing various sketches or movie appearances. But one thing's for sure, once you see him, you don't forget him. (laughs) That's... I was going to say, I feel like you prepared that. That was a payback for all of the introductions you've given me over the past couple episodes. Wonderful, because there's another one coming your way. Guys, I am so happy to be doing this podcast with Hannah Fleming, two-time nominated teacher. Now, let me explain this. So Hannah is a teacher at an inner city school where they have three campuses. They have prep, they have middle school, they have high school. Now, each of those schools gets to nominate one teacher for an award during the year. And she got nominated for two awards. One award was investing deeply in relationships. And the other one is the Mission Impossible Award, which is for people who go above and beyond the call of duty. And it is a huge honor to be nominated for her school. So congratulations, Hannah, for being the amazing person that we always knew you are and that you're getting nominated for these amazing awards. Dion, how did you hear about this? Did you talk to my mom? I may have messaged your mom. Oh my goodness. I was trying to one up you and here you go going behind my back. Okay, well, let's get to the star of the show today. I am so excited for who else we have with us today. Um, This person I'm about to introduce is actually maybe my, my friends back in Dayton, Ohio, who followed watching me play Survivor. This is their least favorite person because... <laughs> Wow. Because when I, I <laughs> when I played Survival <laughs> Challenge, this was my rival. This was my enemy, unfortunately. And but now we are very, very good I, friends. My tightest yes. ally. How how did that happen, Hannah? <laughs> my tightest ally and your biggest enemy. All right, so we have the ninth place finisher of Survival Challenge. Desiree Thompson. First jury member, Desiree Thompson. How's it going, Des? It is going. I'm here. Guys, did it really take us like 10 minutes to introduce ourselves? We gotta get It really did. We gotta get going. (laughs) All right, so Des, we like to start our podcast off with some rapid fire questions, and I have some prepared for you, our special guest. So are you ready to answer these survivor questions? She's ready. Go for it. Buckle up. Here we go. Des, when did you start watching Survivor? Uh, I was 16. So I started watching when I was 16. I did not watch the first half of season one because I don't like to do things that people tell me I should do. So (laughs) I, my family, they all said, you would love the show. You you have to watch and i said no for half a season i walked in when my whole family was watching one night and was like whatever 
I'll just sit here and watch. And then I like haven't stopped. So <laughs> love it. That's so you. Okay. Do you, do you call yourself a casual fan, a super fan or a super duper fan? I called myself a casual fan up until survival challenge. And then I think when you do a survival challenge, you have to get, you graduate yeah. <laughs> for fan level. Yes. You are a super fan now. Okay, so yeah. you win reward. Do you get tarp or fishing gear? Tarp. Always. Hands down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you find an idol. Do you tell an ally or do you keep it a secret? I don't tell a soul. I do not tell a soul. Oh, Dion. What could it have been? Okay, uh, my next question is, would you rather eat Survivor pizza or Survivor nachos? Neither. <laughs> Come on, you're starving on an island. Okay, then the pizza. Mm -hmm. All right, um, this next question is, this might take you a second to think about it, but maybe you have an answer right away. What Survivor player are you most like? Personality-wise or game-wise, which one do you relate with the most? Um, I think you guys can answer that better than me. I don't Dion, know. Dion, you look like you have an idea. Well, everybody says that she's like Sarah Lucina. Right. So, like, with that, the... Is that because the... I look like her or is it because you're, you're I all, played like her, though? You're also hard like her in the terms of, like, <laughs> let's get the job done. Yeah. You're very gotcha. get the job done, but you're yeah. also very good with your words. Mm. I know. I feel like it's an easy, okay. that's like an easy connection to make with Sarah Lucina. Really? That's interesting. Because mm -hmm. you're like, I don't want that. I know. I'm like, really? <laughs> that's how I come across? That's you might be <laughs> um, more emotional than Sarah Lucina. Sometimes she was uh, very robotic. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was going to say, yes. emotional. no, but she did like blow up in a few tribal councils emotionally. That is true. So I don't, you've definitely had the Sarah Lucina vibes. All right, we'll have to keep on thinking about that. Okay. My last yeah. question. You end up on the Island of Idols. Who are you asking advice from Boston Rob or Sandra? Sandra. <laughs> Any particular reason? I am not the biggest Boston Rob fan. Shocker. Um, I'm just not. I, I think he's a little too cocky for his own good. <laughs> I love it. Being cocky, yeah. does that is that based on personality or is that gameplay? Both. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, I think maybe it's his gameplay, but I don't know. I think it's just like a personality thing. I don't think I would necessarily get along with him. Interesting. Rubs me I would, the wrong way. <laughs> I would love to see that dynamic, though. That would be very interesting. <laughs> okay. Sign me up for it. I'm ready. Yeah. But. <laughs> All right, Des, you survived our rapid-fire questions. Yeah, well done. <laughs> you won't vote me off this time, right, Hannah? <laughs> we'll see. Maybe. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go ahead and start and move through this episode recap we're going to try to stay chronological as we talk through the episode we're going to hit on the big stuff as we go and finally at the end we will wrap up with the vote out and discuss if it was a good move it was if it was as vince would say y'all are stupid move um and then as we go along des feel free to share your drop the buff 
drop your buff moment as we come across it. Well, let's go ahead and get the ball rolling. Starting off with our fever dream. It seems like this is going to be something that we see every episode now. Three flashes of something to expect in the episode. I like to refer to it as a fever dream. That was genius. But that's what I think about. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And we're in. So how do we feel about these three flashes? We got somebody screaming in the camp at mm-hmm. the, uh, which, tri- that wasn't the- um, Vokai. Is a Vokai tribe. Mm-hmm. We had mm-hmm. um, the hand injury, the blood dripping mm-hmm. up the hand. Whew. And the last one we had, remind me, what was the last one? Sandra we gasping at tribal. Exactly. Okay. How do we feel about these three? Yeah. So my question is, so this is the second time we've had this happen. We've had the fever dream and, um, what do you guys think going forward? Do we like replacing last week on Survivor with the fever dream? Or do we like having the last week on Survivor? I personally like having the last week on Survivor because it kind of gets you in the mindset. But mm-hmm. I understand that this is trying to get you excited for the episode. But I mean, we love Survivor, so we're already here for it. <laughs> I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that they kind of catering to a a more solid fan base now we know that this season is made up that it has to be made up of fans because if they turn Mm -hmm. up to the island of idols and they don't recognize boss and rob or sandra we're in trouble so we already know that these are going to be fans of the show so people watching are kind of like in the same boat so having these things to excite us and entice us throughout the episode something to look forward to Honestly, when we had the last week on Survivors, we had a lot of moments that I'm like, uh, are they giving us so-and-so found an idol because she's going to play it today? I, mm, I, I right. like there was spoilers in the Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. why I didn't enjoy the last week on Survivor is because, one, I know what happened last week. And, two, you're giving away what's co- going to happen. And another reason why I like this replacement with the Fever Dream Basically, when it comes down to is last week on Survivor took a ton of time, but this fever dream takes like 10 seconds. So I'm a fan of the more time we get for the actual game, the better. Yep. We took a rapid fire approach. Survivor's taking a rapid fire approach. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Love it. Okay. So the first thing we see as um, the episode starts is uh, Vokai back on their beach after tribal. We have... Two different responses to the vote out. Two people were left out, Jack and Jamal. Yeah, just a reminder, the Vokai tribe is the purple tribe. I know some of our listeners are trying to keep track. (laughs) Vokai is purple, Lyra is orange. Yep, and Molly got voted out last week. Jack and Jamal did not know that they were aligned with her. We have two different responses. Jack is smiling and understanding and says... To the camera, he says, I have a lot of work to do. And he says to um, his alliance, I mean, to people on his tribe, he says, this is the game survivor. That was a freaking amazing move. And he's, you know, bubbly and, and happy, right? He's like literally smiling. Jamal, on the other hand, is pissed bitter off. Betty. <laughs> bitter Betty. He says to Tommy, I'm the wild card now. <laughs> and Tommy says, wow. <laughs> Okay, so what are your guys' thoughts about these two reactions? I mean, I'm shocked that we saw similar reactions from the bigger guys left out of the votes. We saw a very similar reaction from Aaron, and we've seen this kind of reaction from Jamal. And I didn't think that we'd get two mirroring reactions because I thought when Aaron reacted that way that it was a poor reaction. Right. Here we are getting that same reaction from Jamal, but he didn't wait to say that 
and I'm sorry, he waited to say that until he was with Tommy because Janet, at the very beginning, everybody's standing there, every single person. Yeah. She's like, does anybody want to talk about this? And it was dead air, absolute <sighs> silence. So was he confiding in his closest ally or was he actually just kind of like letting it all loose? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. But at the same time, you you do have to be real on the island too, and you do have to have somebody where you can talk to and be real with. Otherwise, you're just going to go crazy. And so, if he was confiding in Tommy and just you know saying that in confidence and trying to cool off, I can I can see that. I um, do like what you've said about people being real because I feel like. We've had a lot of real moments this season, mm -hmm. already three episodes in. We've had people talk to each other and be like, well, let me just run this past this person. Some seasons, we don't hear anybody utter anybody's names out of their mouth in fear right. that people are going to know who they're working with. But it feels yeah. like this season, people are using that in their advantage to form bonds with people and extend those bonds, which I think is a really interesting approach this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just think it's like we talked about with Aaron's vote out. It was so obvious that Aaron was playing poorly. And now we see Jamal playing poorly. And last week, Dion and I argued over whether Jamal is being portrayed as a hero or a villain. And I'm still on the fence about that this week. Do you uh, think that that edit was a villain edit? Or do you think it was somewhat heroic? <laughs> I think it might be setting us up for him to be the villain for him to switch in the future because I mean, he's not going to forget. He's going to forgive them and work with them because he's not going to get voted out next mm -hmm. supposedly, but it might be setting us up for him to betray that tribe in the future. Well, then I have a question because they're, they're purposely keeping people out of the votes this season. Both tribes have done it where they know mm -hmm. someone is close to the person who's leaving, but they're not willing to try and bring them in in order to make it a unanimous vote. Um, we've seen seasons in the past where the people at the bottom of the tribes who are kept around for strength form an alliance together. We saw it in Marquesas. We had the three bottom on one tribe, the three bottom the other. In a top ten, that makes six. They went to the end together. Mm -hmm. Are we seeing old gameplay come into play in a brand new season? Because I'm feeling very nostalgic watching this season. <laughs> I, I love how Survivor has that effect. It kind of is like the pendulum thing. Like, mm -hmm. strategies come and go. And I don't know. I, I love it. I love that, that people playing Survivor have to think through all of these, these different types of strategy and pick the one that's going to work for them. Well, someone we did see talk about a lot of their strategy is Tommy. We saw a lot of Tommy this episode. Not only did we see him talking his own strategy, we had Janet say, okay, Jamal, let me see what Tommy thinks about this. He seems to be very on the in with a lot of the people in his tribe and not rocking the boat. I mean, he went along with the vote last tribal and people are still wanting to go back to him and get his advice and hear what he thinks about it. Yeah, um, when we were on the Vokai beach seeing what was going on, the dynamics of Vokai, I had to write down the, like, if you give a mouse a cookie, a storyline about, like, if Dan goes after Nora, then Jamal is going to go after Dan, and then Tommy and Janet are going to go after Jamal. Like, I had to write down the sequence because I was like, wait, who's going after who? My question is, 
who's going to see Tommy and Janet together? I feel like they are the ones actually making the decisions on this trip. And everybody is going to one or the other, and they're always going to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, who is going to see that and be like, uh, we got to get them out? <laughs> yeah. I think Lauren might. She's She's very perceptive. But I feel like Tommy and Janet might be working under the um, the disguise that there are bigger personalities on their tribe. Right. So it's like, oh, don't worry about us. We're the level-headed ones who, like, right. you can communicate with, you can be open with, you can be comfortable with, where those people are not going to do that for you. Yeah. We've seen Lauren a t- and mm-hmm. Kelly weren't really in this episode, though. No. At all. They mm-hmm. had a lot of airtime last week, I felt like. And then this week, I... You couldn't be like they could have been voted out. They weren't there. Well, let's think about who got airtime in this tribe. I mean, we saw a very big pitch from Dan early on in the episode, and then saw nothing of him from the rest of the episode. Right. We saw Jason open up the dialogue for the tribe, saw nothing for him for the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. We really only saw bits of Jamal, Tommy, um, I guess a little bit of Janet there as well. Um, but everybody else, oh, and obviously we saw Nora, be it that she was a big option <laughs> of going home. Um, but, you know, obviously we all know that they didn't go to tribal council. So with the limited airtime they got, those were the people that really got highlighted this episode. Right. Des, what are your feelings on Nora? Oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I'm like on the fence with her. I don't think she would annoy me as much as she annoys you, Hannah. Um, <laughs> but I don't think I would love her as much as Dion seems to. So I just I'm think she's in the middle. <laughs> I would be entertained the whole time. What can I say? Man, okay, so let's talk, let's switch over to Lyro Beach. On Lyro, the Orange Tribe, we see the girls bonding, having a good time in the water. We get Karishma talking about being an Indian American woman, married, in her underwear, and doing what she needs to to be a part of the group. I what do we think about that. Karishma? Yeah, what are you thinking, Des? I just don't love that she felt like she had to be somebody she's not in order to fit in. I don't love that. I love, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel agree. for her. But, yeah. I, I feel like there is an element where in life, we definitely don't want to have to feel like we have to change who we are in order yeah. to adapt to an environment. But this is the game of survivors. Is, yes. is that part of the game? That's the name of the game. So uh, this brings up a really interesting uh, topic, which is uh, where do you draw the line between morals and game? Mm -hmm. Because we've seen people, a perfect example is seeing Dawn get to final, you know, the final tribal council sitting next to Cochrane. She went against most of her morals in order to get to the end of the game. Mm -hmm. She played once before, didn't make it to the end, played hard and compromised herself in order to get to the end this time. And people held it against her because of who she is traditionally as a person. So it's like investing in it as a gameplay or as a moral person, like are there benefits to it? Is it gonna bite you in the butt eventually? That's the question of Survivor, isn't it? <laughs> and I'm one to always be true to yourself. I think you guys know that. Yeah. Um, but I do understand try- wanting to fit in and trying to fit in, but I think who you are is always going to shine through more 
Mm-hmm. That said, I do get your Dawn example, but I think that is that might have been harder on her. And then maybe that's the vibe she's giving out then is mm-hmm. that she's it's hard. So right. she's I, giving I off that negative vibe because she's struggling with herself. Okay, see, I I was about to say that I feel like if you are going to do that, you need to own it in a sense. And owning it is, this is a game. This is my game persona. I am investing in this. I'm okay with this because it's a game. But if you're sitting there struggling with it, that's where you haven't made the the differentiation. Is that even a word? Um, And you're realizing that you're compromising who you are personally because you're not completely investing in a a game standpoint. Mm -hmm. So do we think that Karishma has the ability to turn it into game? Mia, we okay, so let's go to the part where she the whole bit about her not fitting in and her being on the outs. She cuts her hand. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The big moment she cuts her hand. She says aloud to everybody sitting there, I need to see medical. Dean sees it. They all hear her say, I can see my bone. They know she's going off to see medical. And then she says quietly while she's walking, I'm about to pass out. She's literally right next to them on the ground with her head between her knees. And she can hear people behind her. We can see that people can see her and no one comes over to her. What is going on? I hate this moment. I hate this moment. As much as I don't want her to change who she is to fit in, she's trying. And Mm -hmm. the fact that they are not even giving her an ounce of compassion, it it killed me. Like, Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine doing that and then nobody coming over. Like, I think on Aga, we would have run over people just to, you know, (laughs) see if we were okay. But, uh... I felt like, for her in that. Yeah, this this wasn't even editing. You can't edit no. a group of people that far away from you yeah. when you're sitting on the ground and your hand is bleeding out. Like, it wasn't just a cut. Like, she she was bleeding out. And she admitted yeah. herself. She goes, it's not a big deal. She right. Goes, I understand that, you know, but at the yeah. time, it would have helped for somebody to at least show that they cared. And And she went as far as to say that these people are dead to her because... <laughs> They just showed no compassion whatsoever. Yeah, when that when she was having her confessional talking about um, no one having compassion for her, um, I just felt that so much. I related so much to that situation. Not that I've been hurt and no one has helped me, but I just think of situations where, and I believe you guys have probably been in these situations as well, where like even as simply as, you're in a group and you start to tell a story, but then you realize that no one's listening to you and you just stop and no one's paying attention to you. Or even like I've been in a group and I've made a joke kind of loud, but no one laughed at it. And then a man will repeat the joke and everybody laughs. And it's just like that feeling of like, Oh, so I don't matter. But this person does because they're getting the attention. And I know that is like a crazy relation with like what the situation is. But I was just really feeling that moment and really feeling Krishma in that moment. And I know several people have thought that that was too dramatic and she was being a crybaby and that stuff like that. But I was like, Uh, yeah, once you. 
Uh, yeah, because like honestly, like in this situation, you see her, you see her stab herself. She very cool and calm and very charisma <laughs> says, <laughs> "I've cut myself. I can see the bone. You guys." Like, she, she actually speaks to them. She goes, you guys, you know, I'm feeling lightheaded. This has I happened, mean, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and she I handed did. the plate to Dean. Right. Like, <laughs> and Dean says... I cut my hand open, take this plate and see my hand. And, like, mm-hmm. he's still, like, he's just like, okay. So you see her talking very passionately in her confessionals about how she feels about this. But with the group... She doesn't say boo. So we're seeing a lot of her being very emotional about it, but she's coming off quite cool with the group about it. And I wonder if that's where her tribe hesitates because she is holding back because she is wanting to rock the boat where there are other people who would probably voice their opinion more. And we saw it from Vince when he said, this is a girl who will never say a name. I can't work with that. That's very frustrating for me. So it's also like she has said she's hurt herself, but can you feel comfortable consoling somebody who hasn't necessarily given you, uh, I don't want to say permission because you shouldn't have to have permission to console somebody, but giving you the reassurance that they're not going to take it in a bad way. Yeah, maybe she's... I think if somebody cuts themselves and they say, I can see a bone, it's always okay to console (laughs) yeah but i do agree that she's probably you know she's probably emulating the the, her persona of of being a strong independent woman persona and yeah maybe they're not comfortable she was really calm about it so maybe they didn't understand like you said maybe they just didn't know that it was a it was a big deal right you know, know, we can't necessarily read people's minds. Right. So if somebody's like holding it together and they're like, guys, I'm good. Well, then you're going to think that they're good. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also didn't feel that she had that one person who will be like, I know you're good, but let me just kind of like sit with you just in case. Right, right. right. Get into like our personalities though too. Like yeah. you guys, we've been talking about an enneagram. How do you say it? An enneagram. That... <laughs> And you guys are both number two. So you're like helpers and that is, it's just naturally who you are. And I'm a four, so I'm very empathetic. And I think that's just how we are as people. And maybe Mm. the people on their tribe are not those numbers. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Well, I have some notes about the Enneagram that I want to get into later. So little sneak peek at that. Um, Let's go to um, Vince gets called summoned to the island of the idols all right what do you guys think about him going to the island of the idols he cries (laughs) that would have been me (laughs) instantly do you think that you would have like had that emotional response yes because you're starving for eight days you're tired you're tired. You're hungry. You don't know anybody familiar. And I'm not saying he knew Sandra and Rob, but they're familiar people to him because he's watched them. And so mm-hmm. you're just, you see somebody that's safe. Right. And you're overcome. Mm-hmm. I get it. I totally mm-hmm. get it. I get it too. I don't know that I would have necessarily had as an emotional of a response. I tend to get more excited than I do mm-hmm. 
emotional. And I think I mm-hmm. just probably would have wanted to talk and they would have had to stop me and be like, we have things to say. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. so would do that. I think it would have depended on my mood. Like, That's true. I, I could see myself crying like that. I could also see myself, how you said, just really excited to be there. <laughs> so the challenge is that Vince has to sneak onto the other tribe's beach and steal fire. And you know what? Sandra is the queen of sneaking up behind people because in Pearl Islands, at least we saw her listening on conversations. Uh, and I immediately thought of that. And like one time she actually used sneaking up behind people having conversation to her advantage. She used that information and, you know, so like Sandra, the queen of sneaking around. So what do you guys think about this challenge and this test and whatnot? I think in the scheme of the challenges that we've seen up until this point, we've seen a fire making challenge and we've seen a memory challenge. This seems extreme in comparison. <laughs> so, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, like it was very entertaining, but for me, it just seemed like, uh, look, I'm, so, I'm shocked that he went through with it as quickly as he did and that he was able to get through it without mm-hmm. being caught. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was one of those absolutely no way challenges. I don't know that I would have accepted the challenge. I would have. I love this challenge. I would have done this one in a heartbeat. So uh, there's no fire at the camp. What would you guys have collected if you showed up and there's no fire? Uh, the shoe that was right on the edge of the camp. I would you have taken st- somebody's shoe. <laughs> I mean, it's right there. Did they have to get something fire, or did he just have to prove that he was at the camp? That's the thing. So so, you take the closest thing. That was the shoe right there. Just take a shoe, and then somebody doesn't have it. While you're at it, savage Des. Just take the tribe flag while you're at it. (laughs) Just collect all their bags. Just take everything. So my whole thing was I probably would have been, like, curious to see the other tribes camp. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the takeaway for me. He gets to see how these people live. Yeah. And we got that wonderful moment from him. He's like, these dummies don't keep their fire dry at night. <laughs> Which, you know, that's going to, that will fuel your own fire, no pun intended. But you can't take that information back to your tribe. You can't Mm -hmm. say, I know how they live. You can't say, hey, when I was at your tribe camp two weeks ago, now that we're at the merge, like that, that's kind of like, I think that knowledge is power in a game like Survivor, but it can also trip you up if you're not keeping track of certain things. So for me, I was like, I would have loved to see their camp, but knowing me, I would have wanted to share that information with somebody. And I don't know if that would have bubbled over and, and bit me in the butt. That's the difference yeah. <laughs> that you like to talk about things. And... I do in order to gain power and, and relationships yeah. and solidify that. But I also, um, so what Des is loosely talking about is when we <laughs> got a hidden immunity idol together and we had to go back to our tribe and say that we got something. Now we, we got, we got a real idol. The other group that was with us got a fake idol. We swapped clues because it was my wonderful thinking on the spot that got us to my clues. Yes. But we tried to convince our tribe that it was a fake idol. Unfortunately, we had Hannah on our tribe, so when she went to the other tribe, told them that we had a real idol, which but we she did didn't, have. she didn't know. Correct. 
So this is the shitstorm that we found ourselves in. <laughs> but I was also that person who didn't want to go back to our camp having won a challenge and say that we didn't receive anything. So that yes. was my only thinking. And I'm the one who uh, would did not want to tell a soul. Uh, However, it was the first night and sometimes, just like Tommy, you have to let things go and that's what I let go. I just said, all right, he can, he can do this. Yeah, he can tell let, them. That's I fine. I let you hold the idol because I didn't want anything <laughs> right. to do with it. <laughs> right. And he let me have the idol. So that was like, that was the deal. Mm-hmm. Right. And as right. Boston Rob said to Vince when he got the idol, you adapted in the face of adversity. We did. <laughs> and that's what we saw Vince do when he got back with his, his urn. He took his water canteen with him, even though he was going to be heading back. Do you think that they told him to grab everything that he had with him? And, or did he plan to have something that he could put stuff in? I think he just brought everything just in case. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But what, okay, what would have happened had they had a fire? Because mm. I think that would have, I, I think know. the frame saved him. I really do. It did. I really wanted to see him have to light his torch and take it and away and from, oh, yeah. that would have been so great. I loved his little steps in the dark he was just like walk, boop, 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 just like walking through with like his back was hunched a little bit i was laughing so hard the whole time i Can love I... at the end when he was so excited <laughs> and he just fell like four times in a row i was like that'd be me like get up, get up. <laughs> well, speaking of watching people in really funny situations surrounding this experience i want to go to my drop your buff moment which probably has to be I'm obsessed with Sandra, for those of you who don't know. And the last two Drop Your Buff moments have been about Sandra. <laughs> and this week is no different. Watching, Ooh. Her, watching her stand behind a palm front and say, <laughs> don't question it, you might have to do this. <laughs> was what a, and then just watching Boston Rob discuss how far Sandra was taking her. Watching her army crawl. Like, it's just everything she does with pure commitment and absolute dedication and just watching her see him go off and saying i wish i could go with him like that was such a real moment for me we don't see a lot of that from sandra she's the one that's cutting you off and then making it to the end and taking your million dollars away from you but that was my drop your buff moment watching her behind that giant leaf (laughs) i think i might dress up as her for halloween Carrying a leaf around. Just this one thing with my arms out the side. <laughs> Who are you? Sandra. <laughs> oh, I love that. All right. So let's go to the challenge. And I usually am not super into the challenges. Like, yeah, they're so fun to watch, but I'm not like, wow, that was an amazing challenge. But this week, I'm like, wow, that was an amazing challenge. We had. Here, we had all the elements of a perfect survivor challenge. We had putting one person on the spot with the two swimmers. We had teamwork with the seesaw. And at the end, we got a classic puzzle that you either can get or you don't get. And Dion, you actually have competed in a challenge where you had to do a hanging puzzle. It was a leaf shape. Um, can you tell us any insight you had when you had to do this puzzle? Like, is there like a trick to it? Is it really hard to think through these kind of things? What are, what are your thoughts? I'm going to be completely honest with you. 
we were on the same tribe as somebody who has done this puzzle before. He cut out every single piece of this puzzle, created it himself, and he had done it at home. So that when he came to doing this puzzle, we saw that he was like, I have to put the puzzle together. And I said, I will help you by handing you the pieces. I had no involvement of seeing how they went into place. My responsibility was making sure that they didn't fall out of place, which I didn't do very well with the first time. That's actually quite difficult. So you see them trying to put these pieces in, actually stopping them from falling out of place is also a difficult mm. element to this puzzle. Mm-hmm. But what I thought was very interesting is obviously come to the end of the, like this is the puzzle portion that we're talking about, which is why I'm jumping to the end of the challenge. Mm-hmm. We see Dean doing the puzzle again. Dean is the only repeat puzzler, yet the slack falls on Karishma. Yeah. I know. That was so weird. So... I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but that yes. was just some, that was a takeaway for me when it came to the puzzle. We've seen this one guy clearly not do very well with puzzles so far, um, and he's on the puzzle again. I, was, I had the same takeaway, but before that, my drop your buff moment was seeing the challenge. I I love this challenge. I think this is my favorite challenge we've seen in years. I love this challenge. Mm-hmm. I absolutely, I wanted to, I want to go there and, and do this challenge right now. Like what, I loved it that much. What stuck out to you? Like what was your favorite thing about this challenge? I think that just, just the fact that they had to use everybody in, in their specific role. They all had to work together. Mm-hmm. You know, that, Lining up on that teeter-totter and then moving from one side to Oof. the other, that is not easy There was nowhere to all. hide. Like, what? everybody was exposed in this challenge. There was yes. nowhere to hide. Right. And the not thing, that was, it was far out. I rewatched the challenge just to see because I was like, I felt like they struggled a little. Um, and Kelly had to use Jason, mm-hmm. right? Because she couldn't even reach. And I just love that they had to figure that out. Right. They, both teams, both tribes did it well. They yeah. did. They worked together really well. And I didn't feel like anybody was slacking until the puzzle. Like, I felt like everybody was doing their, their roles really well. Did, I, I just it. want to quickly, quickly jump back to your mention of Kelly. When she was getting passed along by a tribe, I looked at the person next to me and went, well, I guess she doesn't have too much of a touchy-feely complex anymore. <laughs> and then she gets to the end of the tea to and she's like, I need Jason. I was like, wow, we really seen in the span of like two episodes her just being like, all right, I'm comfortable with these people now. And yeah. Hannah and I actually had that discussion a couple weeks ago of like, right. this, is this one of those things that we're going to see develop over a few episodes and I mean if she put her hand up and said I'll be that person to go past every single person like I think we're seeing her kind of like warm up so that was my kind of like real world takeaway from watching her in the challenge Mm -hmm. I thought she did great Mm -hmm. she did fantastic but you know who else did fantastic Janet this far behind an Olympic swimmer go Janet I love Janet She's fantastic. She did struggle a little bit with getting the, the, was it a key that you had to release? Yeah, she was doing the knots underwater. That was tough. Yeah, yeah, but she did not give up. She did not give up. She she pulled through and you know what? It didn't hurt her tribe. Nope, they still ended up, the puzzle is the great 
what's the phrase? Decider. The puzzle is the great decider. Is and it the decider? What's the, the, the phrase that equalizer. feels like the equalizer? equalizer. <laughs> the puzzle's the great equalizer. Is this his second time on a puzzle? Yes, he did the uh, tribe hut puzzle. Yes, he did. He's in, and he's rocking that role. Mm-hmm. He did great on that. Mm-hmm. And my girl Lauren. Yep, she did too. <laughs> We're seeing some really strong physical competitors and mental competitors. And we even have a mention, something from later on that we see, Karishma uses the fact that she is, you know, five foot nine, she's more solid, she's got more grit to her, and we could see her in more of a physical aspect moving forward. Now, we've got a lot of big guys on these tribes who talk about how they need their muscle, how they need their strength. They were a liability in this challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw Tom squatting down and expecting Missy to get over him. Lucky right. she's got legs for days and can just like step over him. But we're seeing that that's not necessarily a reason to keep people around anymore. Challenges develop and change and there's going to be different strengths in different people. So I think that we're starting to see that switch up in the challenges and I'm liking that a lot. We've got a lot of challenge beasts out there. Mm-hmm. And Dean is not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) But like, we saw a big swimming element. We saw the teeter-totter. Why was the Dean? Why why was the Dean? Why was Dean Dean on the puzzle again? Why is this? I don't know. Explain it to me. I don't... What is up with Dean? Um, I don't know. He, at the beginning, we didn't even talk about this, but the (laughs) first thing he says in the whole series... Is we should split the votes with everybody. Oh, Dean, Dean, Dean. Segue into his very first confessional, which is pretty much verbatim, I screwed up. (laughs) Uh, Well done, Dean, on your very first confessional about admitting where you screw up. And chances are we only saw it because Karishma had a follow-up confessional saying, as soon as I heard that, I knew it was me. She is very perceptive. Very, very perceptive. So, so they lose the challenge, and she knows that she is on the ballot for tonight for being voted out. So let's talk about yes. the strategy happening on the island, on the beach, and then the vote out. What went right? What went wrong? What went wrong? Like, Vince, I know that he was getting frustrated because Karishma would not say a name. Mm-hmm. Would that not hit give you a hint that it might be you that's what i would think if you're not giving me a name it's gonna be me Fair. Uh, I... so then you need to start all right so i will just i will go ahead and jump to my big idea about the vince vote out okay okay here is where vince went wrong okay vince was not self-aware or perceptive enough to understand that people will be after him. He too easily believed that people told him it wasn't him. Like, of course they're going to make him feel comfortable. They're going to say whatever they need to say to make him feel comfortable. And I do hate bringing this up, guys, but I voted both of you out. And did I tell you I was going to vote you out? No. Did... Did you believe me when I said that I wasn't going to vote you out? Who knows if I did a good job about that. But, of course, I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to vote you out. I'm going to 
say whatever you want to hear. So he needed to understand that people are going to tell you what you want to hear. His job was to think one step ahead and think through what everyone's best moves are or what they think their best moves are. He should be aware of who is on the chopping block. He should know that he's one of them. He should be perceptive as to who Tom is close with because he knows that Tom is on the ballot and whether they would choose him or Tom. And if he thinks that there's any chance of votes coming towards him, he plays, he has to play the idol. So that's my big idea. What are your thoughts? Well, my, my thing is we already saw that he didn't trust the men. The men are bringing up Karishma's name and they're being pretty solid about it. And they go through with the Karishma vote. The people that he did trust were the women who were the ones who turned on him. Yeah. If he had have been the person to follow with the guys, it would have been a tied vote. There would have been four votes on Karishma and four votes on Vince. Is that right? Oh, no, there's five girls. Five. Uh, so it wouldn't have been a tied vote. He still would have been on the outs at that point. So wait, mm-hmm. but Karishma, but- Karishma only had three votes. Okay, fair. But in because, that, Tom, because Vince voted for Tom. Correct. Okay. So, but what had happened was the people that he actually did trust were telling him Tom. And at that point, like, is yeah. there any wiggle room? Like, who does he have to work with? Because even if he votes with the guys, it's still... You know who he fire. works with? His idol. <laughs> His idol that he only has for two votes. Two votes. Touche. Touche. I mean, you had, you had it for two votes. Either you play it now or you play it next time. Like, if you even have a hint of going home, you play it now yeah. on yourself. <laughs> well, my, my question is this. Why was everybody so adamant to vote for Vince and get rid of a potential idol? And we did not see that approach when it came to Elizabeth. Everybody left her alone. Yeah. Everybody kind of let her do her thing. And they weren't concerned about an idol. Um, and the votes didn't even, like, touch her. Because I think that we are seeing that we're slightly seeing that she has some really close bonds with some people and that's how survivor works. And they Tom, yeah, Tom did what he was supposed to do by have those really close bonds with people so that, you know, they're going to protect you. Like Elizabeth was protecting Tom from the vote. She says, I don't want to vote Tom out. Elaine doesn't want to vote Tom out. And Vince Um, is just shady enough that they think that he might have something more than they think Elizabeth has something. Mm-hmm. Right. And like Missy and Chelsea, are those the only, those are the only two that were kind of questioning, do we really vote Vince out? Right. But they also have the girls alliance and you, like they had made, who did they make mad on the Ronnie, the Ronnie? Vote? Aaron. Aaron. Aaron was mad. They had already made Aaron mad. They don't want to make a whole group of guys mad if they're going to vote out a guy. Just mm-hmm. go with it, you know? Right. That's fair. I mean, we, I think I had the discussion last week of do they keep Aaron around as that extra vote because he's on the outs or do they try and keep Vince in? Well, it's clear that they didn't trust Vince enough to keep him no. around. And yeah. at this point, it's like, do they weaken the number of, of the girls? The, the option of taking Krishma out really wasn't an option because it does weaken their numbers. But mm-hmm. does that mean now that it's a 3-5 that they can afford to lose somebody and still have the numbers? Right. I'm looking forward to next week or, like, the, the following weeks. I love this season. But I think, I think what you're saying, Dion, is 
is what's going to happen. I feel like there's going to be some sort of mix up from the guys versus the girls in the in the coming episodes. And I say not. I hope that the girls stay together and I hope that they are girl strong forever. What I would like to see for this season, I would like to see these tribes play out without a switch. Ooh, Ooh that would be... That would be fun. We haven't seen it in a yeah. while and I'm not feeling a switch happening anytime soon. Ooh. We all just saw it. We all just saw it this past summer at Survival Challenge 2019. There was zero swaps, and zero it swaps. was insane. <laughs> it was. Okay, I want to jump into my notes about the Enneagram about this episode. So if you don't know what the Enneagram is, it is a personality typing system. There are nine types. Each type is can be characterized by um, certain character qualities or character mo- motivations blah, blah, blah. Maybe in the show notes, I could put a link to um, a summary so you could see it. So if you know what we're talking about, awesome. If you don't know what the Enneagram is, go Google it. All right. So I have two notes about the Enneagram from this episode. Um, One is that Tom was being such an eight during tribal council. Were you thinking that too, Des? As soon as you just said Tom, I ate one in my head. So an eight is known as... (laughs) Dion is confused. An eight is known as the leader, the challenger, and they are known for wanting to be in control of things and challenging the status quo. And we saw Tom getting frustrated that Krishma was getting up and he did not want his uh, ducks to get out of line. He's like, guys, it's fine. It's fine. Pay no attention. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Is it is it in the type system that twos get frustrated with eights? Because I was getting frustrated watching Tom at Tribal Council. <laughs> I'm like, mate, you can't just... Ex-. He's like, are you buying well, this? I'm like, what? what yeah, the eight is the challenger. So I think it's okay that everybody gets frustrated with an eight from <laughs> time to time. <laughs> and then stepping back a little bit, Karishma... Um, was acting very much like a four during a part. You know, not I'm not trying to offend you, Des, but I think you I will relate. Her as a four. Well, when she was saying in her confessional, she was saying, I'm an outcast. I'm on the outside. No one gets me. No one is like me. Yes. And that's like the four, which is known as the individualist. They yes. they love being different. They love being unique. And they are very in their feelings. And Krishma was in her feelings. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't think she's in her feelings as much as I am. So maybe that's why I'm like, she's not a four. But I could, I could see it now that you say that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know what else she would be, though. So maybe she is a four. Right. So do you, um, do you think that there is a code to being the, uh, the perfect survivor player, like in terms of the numbers? That is a great question. I will have to think about that. Like, I am looking forward to incorporating Enneagram talk more in our podcast and, like, what I'm seeing with um, different survivors and how the information could help someone play the game. So I am intrigued to continue this conversation. I am also intrigued. So (laughs) we'll see what you come back with next week. Well, I'm going to speak on behalf of the people who this is like like another language for and say, I believe the two of you and I look forward to kind of trying to understand it a little more. So hopefully we'll have some more examples in the future. 
Yes. Okay. Well, I got to share my drop your buff moment. Please. My drop your buff moment came at the towards the end of the episode. Vince is voted out. And Jeff turns to the tribe to give his last words, which I never remember and I never care about. But my jaw dropped when he says, well, you're bad at puzzles, but you're great at blindsides. Did he say bad or you suck? You suck at at puzzles, but you're great at blindsides. (laughs) Oh, Jeff. We love you, Jeffrey. I did love that. That would that's like my second drop your mouth moment. I loved that. One more thing I want to mention before we wrap up is I loved Vince smelling his fingers <laughs> repeatedly. I laughed out loud. So thank you, Survivor editors, for that footage. That made my night. Oh, I just feel like that would be me. Like if, <laughs> if I was out there, there would be just some really random moments of me just like either just looking at my fingers like really intensely. <laughs> Or just, like, doing something really stupid. Like, when you watch Big Brother and they always, like, refer to someone and have them doing something really silly. Exactly. They refer to someone else and it would just be me doing something silly. I love that whole monologue of Vince. Like, he's like, vote Tom. Tom." Vote Tom. I did so good at keeping myself together. And I was like, really? (laughs) (laughs) He smelled his fingers and I was like... Oh my gosh, I don't even know what to think of you. <laughs> how, how did we feel about the vote? <laughs> I was sad. I actually thought it was going to be Tom and I was hoping it would be Tom. Uh, I'm the outs on this. I know that. I know I'm on the outs on this. I mean, I do like Vince, but I totally understood the vote. And I was just, I was happy with Krishma not going home. Oh, I didn't want Krishma to go home. Mm-hmm. I just, I like that we see a lot of passion from people like Krishma. Yeah. We've seen a lot of passion from Vince. I think the part of me that wanted to see Tom go home is the part that um, has trouble connecting with him because he seems very goal-oriented yeah. and that leaves very, wig- like, very little wiggle room. Right. Um, you know, the girls mentioned he just lays in camp. He doesn't really do too much. And I, I don't know about um, – some would refer it, to it as, like, rewarding bad behavior, like that kind of approach. <laughs> And I mean, laying in, in your camp is not necessarily bad behavior, but you see, like, we watched the events, like, really pushing, really trying to get things done, but it may have just been too much. Yeah, they saw him as a target, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think that goes back to, like, all the whole Girls Alliance, though, too. Like, do we want to take off the guys again and have them on the outs again? Or do we just go along with it because we're voting a guy out anyways and it doesn't really matter at this point? Right. Right. This, this could be the vote to actually bring the tribe together as a whole. And if they do lose again, it might be time to actually get rid of a girl. Yeah. Oh, uh, I wish, you know, honestly, I just wish it was Aaron going home. Yeah. I find him very annoying. I do not like him. I'm counting down the days till he's no longer on my TV screen. And I know that was really mean to say. No, I, I... mean, I don't think he God. did anything for the challenge. So. Do you guys have um, any other thoughts about this episode before we wrap up? It was a good episode. I liked, I liked it. it. I yes. really liked it. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. For a third episode, that was amazing. And I think we're just getting a really good edit from every single one of our cast members. We saw a lot of Jack this episode. We started to see more of people like Dean. I think we got a really solid cast now that we can say we've seen a little bit of everyone and we know who everyone is 
and uh, we're going to go forward having a bit of an emotional response when people start going. Yes, we're like, we're invested, we're excited for these people. Yeah. I really like this cast, so I'm excited to see what happens. Speaking of it being so good, it it has been so good talking with you guys. This was so much fun. Like, this has gone by in the blink of an eye. I had so much fun. Um, We all talk all week anyways, but it was fun to actually record it and get our thoughts out there and introduce the world to Desiree Thompson. Yes, I want to say a big thank you to Des for joining us. I know that you uh, listen along. You're a very dear friend of ours. You got to have a very uh, special experience of playing in the Survival Challenge with us, so we appreciate that you would join us for this episode this week. Of course. If you ask me um, why do I love Des, I would say... I don't need a reason. I don't need a reason. <laughs> I don't need a reason to love oh. Hannah. <laughs> Good times. All right. Well, everybody remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Find us on YouTube where we record this conversation. Our channel is Drop Your Buffs Survivor Chat with Dion and Hannah. You can find us on Twitter at... Buffs. Oh, try again. Do you remember our Twitter handle? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's try this. You can find Dion at uh, Dion Alexander. That goes for Twitter and Instagram. And you can find Hannah at Hannah Gilia, but spelled G I L I A. That's right. And you can find us on Twitter at Drop Your Buff Pod. Des, would you like to drop your handle at all if people want to follow you? Sure. I am not on Twitter. Shocker. Um, I just <laughs> can't do that. Uh, but I am on Instagram at Thompson underscore crew. Follow Des. <laughs> Follow Des for all types of stories they go on. Camping trips. She dumpster dives. Oh, she it. homeschools her kids. There's always a story to be had in the Thompson household. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you so much for, yeah. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we will see you next time. I've got nothing for you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs.